Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 15. Here's what it says Therefore, I also, this is Paul, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Here's what he said to them in verse 16. Do not cease to give thanks for you. I'm giving thanks for you. That's what he's saying. You're you're making me proud. Making mention of you in my prayers. What are those prayers? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. Tonight I want to kick off a a two-part series that I'm calling the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. You can be seated. In our our text here in Ephesians chapter 1, the apostle Paul, to give you some context here before we dive into the text, the apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. And so this, this was a, a wonderful church. This was a, a powerful church, one of the greatest churches of the New Testament era. And so when, when Paul originally went there to Ephesus, it was a very carnal place. It was a, a, a wicked environment that was really overrun with the occult and, and, and witchcraft. And, and maybe you remember by reading the book of Ephesians, maybe you remember there was a massive revival there that, that resulted in, in people burning their witchcraft materials. You read about it in the book of Acts, and they're getting rid of their, their idols, and they're really just being changed. They're being transformed. And uh, they're, they're cleaning house. They're, they're not just, you know, looking in the mirror and seeing things and then going away and not doing anything about it. But they're, they're, they're taking stock of their life and they're doing something. So this is, this is Ephesus. And so there's this revival that, that is really turning people's lives upside down. So this great change that was coming about, it, it, it alarmed the leaders in the city and, you know, a, a riot broke out, if you will, as a result of revival breaking out. In other words, when God began to move and, and, and God began to transform lives, and opposition began to, began to arise. That's, that's not unusual, is it? I think that we all experience that from time to time in our personal lives, that as we're making breakthroughs or as we're making commitments, that we can, we can expect to encounter some headwinds. And so that's what was going on in Ephesus. There's this mighty revival, and it's spreading uh, across the land, but opposition is coming. And the Bible says that Asia Minor was was just being impacted. Hundreds of people are are being saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and signs and wonders are following. Significant miracles are happening here in Ephesus. So that's, that's who this is being addressed to tonight in Ephesians chapter 1, where we read a moment ago. This is who this book is being written to, to this church, a good church, a strong church. And, and this, this was the church that, if you look at it, Paul never even corrected the Ephesians. There, there were some corrective letters. You know, you know the, the letters of Paul could sting a little bit. He could get after you. 
But we don't find that he did that with the Ephesians. He encouraged them and he challenged them, but he did not correct them. And instead, we see here right off at the beginning of the book of Ephesians, he says, I'm praying for you. And he's praying that God would give them the spirit of revelation and wisdom. So this this was a vibrant church. This was a strong church. But according to Paul, there was still more that God had for them. There was still another level. There was still another dimension, if you will, that God had for them. He wanted them to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So he let them know, hey, I'm praying that you would move further. I'm praying that you would seek this out. I'm praying that you would be empowered by the spirit And the purpose of that empowerment would be that along with everything else, because he's going to talk to them about some other things in this book called Ephesians. He's going to talk to them about spiritual warfare. He's going to talk to them about walking in their salvation. He's going to talk to them about so many wonderful truths. But he's saying, in addition to all these other things, I want you to have the spirit of wisdom. I want you to have the spirit of revelation. I want you to be able to perceive spiritually what God is doing. I want you to be plugged in. I want you to be aware. I want your eyes, your spiritual eyes to be opened. So when Paul was referencing revelation here, what he's referencing was those times when God speaks to our hearts concerning situations, or he, he, he speaks to us, uh, enlightens us, if you will, about circumstances that are going on in our life, or maybe a season that, that we're walking through. But here, here's what I believe. God, God doesn't want his people just to stumble their way through life. We might not be able to have every answer. He might not reveal everything to us about what he's doing and how he's going to do it. We, we might not have an immediate answer, you know, about what God's doing in our life. But listen, I do believe that we can seek him and he delights to give revelation. He delights to give understanding about, hey, you know what? You're going through this because I'm trying to, I'm trying, there's a test you need to pass. There's something I'm trying to instill in you. There's some growth that needs to happen. And so I'm allowing this to take place. I do believe God will do that for us. Listen, as a pastor, I need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. As a husband, I need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. As a a father, God knows I need. Dealing with kids, I need. You need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. As a Christian, A functioning member of the body of Christ, I need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We all need it. We're all lacking if we're not pursuing it. We all need that. We need to hear from God. We we need to be prompted by God. We need to be led by God. Listen, I'm thankful to be spirit-filled, but we also need to be spirit-led. So what what is this revelation Paul was praying for? Put that on the screen if you don't mind. here's, Here's what it was. It was revelation. It's a specific knowledge from God that helps us carry out his will in our lives and in the lives of others in a way that will lead to his blessing. So it's knowledge, it's understanding, it's information that has its source in God. 
and it's for our benefit or for the benefit of somebody else. And when we walk in that, there's going to be blessing as a result. In Proverbs 29 and 18, it says this, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. So where revelation is lacking, there's no restraint. You might have grown up with the King James Version, and the KJV says it like this, where there is no vision, no revelation, no vision, no, no enlightenment, your eyes are darkened instead of lit, where there's no vision, the people perish. Anybody grew up memorizing it like that or hearing it like that? Other versions say it like this, without revelation, people run wild. So you take and you synthesize all of this, and by doing so, we can easily determine that the lack of vision, the lack of revelation, the lack of spiritual eyesight and understanding is detrimental. It's problematic. It's going to lead to a lot of mistakes. It's going to lead to all kind of failures. Without revelation, without understanding of what God is doing, people are going to invariably take turns in their lives that are, that are going to lead them away from the blessing and the purpose and the will of God for them. But it's God's will. It's God's desire that we have revelation. It's God's desire that we flourish rather than lack and perish. In John 14, 26, Jesus said, but the helper, and then he goes on to tell us who that helper is, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the helper whom the Father will send in my name, he will also teach you all things. Well, you know what that is? That's Revelation. When the Spirit is in you and working in you on a daily basis and when the Spirit is prompting you and nudging you and illuminating you and leading you and teaching you, that's revelation. So Jesus is saying, this is what, this is my will for you. I want you to have my Spirit in you and you're, he's going to help you. He's going to teach you. He's going to teach you all things. He's even going to bring to your remembrance things that I once said. Oh, praise God. I'm talking about it's like, you know, when you're, when you're in a conversation with somebody, you're talking with them, and all of a sudden the Spirit prompts you. The Spirit drops a word in your mind and, and begins to come out your mouth. Anybody ever experienced that before? You know, you're just, you're just having this conversation, and all of a sudden it, start flow, it starts flowing. It's like somebody turned the spigot on. And the spirit just starts flowing. I mean, have you ever been in the midst of a conversation and as that person is talking to you, maybe they're seeking counsel, maybe, maybe they're confiding in you, and, and maybe they're asking a question of, of you, and, and while they're asking that question, you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, this is above my pay grade. I'm not prepared for this. Where they're going is a little deeper than I was prepared to go, oh, oh Jesus, you got to help me. you got to help me know what to say because I don't have a clue. Anybody ever been there before? And then all of a sudden, voila, seemingly out of nowhere, understanding comes. Revelation comes. You're hearing this, this question. You're, you're being asked this by this person you're interacting with, and, and you're stumped, and you don't know what you're going to do, and you don't know what, what to say, but all of a sudden, a word comes, and you speak it, and you share it. And as the words are coming out of your mouth, you're thinking, man, this is really good. I need to write this down. And then your next thought is, where did that come from? 
Does anybody relate tonight? Has anybody ever been there before? Where, where what, what, what is happening here? You know that you never could have come up with what you just got finished speaking. You know that you don't have that kind of wisdom. You don't have that kind of understanding, right? Right? That's the spirit of revelation that I'm talking about. That's the revelation that the Holy Ghost brings. That's the activity of our helper that Jesus said that we're going to have on board. He reveals the word of God to us. It, it reveals, it reminds us of God's words, brings things back to us. Maybe that we heard in younger years or as a child and we hadn't thought about it in decades, but all of a sudden it's quickened, brought back to our minds in a moment. You can have a scripture jump off the page. You're just reading along and, and just, you know, it just seems to, to, to begin to bolden, you know, to you and jump out to you. And, and, and you've read that scripture many times before, but now suddenly you get this personal application that you've never had before. What's going on? That's the spirit of revelation. That's the Holy Ghost saying, hey, I've got something I want to show you today. I know where you are, and so you, you're familiar with this passage. Maybe you've read it 10 different times, but today it's going to take on new meaning for you because I've got something I want to unveil. I've got, I want to open your eyes and let you see it so you can be strengthened and so you can be encouraged and so you can be lifted and helped. When that spirit of revelation is working, it feeds your soul and it makes you stronger. Listen, we all benefit from that. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I said, thank God for the Holy Ghost. John 16, 13, Jesus said, when, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Take, take note of this. Jesus is saying that this is what his, his purpose is. This is what the spirit, he said, I've been with you, but now I'm going to be in you. And when the spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. So this was spoken prophetically by Jesus about what was going to come. We see the correlation, though, between this and the gifts of the spirit because when, when God gives someone a word of knowledge, maybe about what is happening in somebody else's life, or, or if God gives someone a word of wisdom about to share, you know, with someone about a decision they're facing or how to apply, you know, the knowledge that they have, or, or maybe, maybe God begins to prompt the discerning of spirits, you know, about, about people's motives or the origins of an issue. Listen, that, that is all being guided by the spirit of truth. That, that is all being brought to bear by the Holy Ghost. It's the spirit of revelation. Listen, God will put things in your heart. God will speak to you and use you to be a blessing to others. God will reveal truth to you that you have not yet received. God, God will bring understanding into your life that has been lacking. That is the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and it's God's will. So, so if this is so, if this spirit of wisdom and revelation was so important for the church in Ephesus and that, that Paul would be moved to pray for them that they might have it, then it's very likely that, that God wants us to have it too. So real quick, revelation will do several things for us. Number one, it will personally transform us. 
when, when the spirit of wisdom and revelation is operating in our lives, it'll personally transform us through our encounters with God. As he works to reveal things to us, it will change us and it will transform our lives. It's a little bit like what I preached about this past Sunday. When we come into God's presence one way and we leave another, listen, our approach to life changes once we've had an encounter with God where he begins illuminating and working in our lives. When we learn to lean on the Lord instead of leaning on our own understanding, once, once you and I experience the Spirit of God working in our lives, you don't ever want to be without it. Once you've had a touch of that, once you've had a taste of that, you don't want to settle back in. You don't want to be content with a lesser relationship. Why? Because you see a deeper dimension that you've been operating in. You, you see the power of God to work and to transform, and not, not only in your life and the lives of others, so you want that. You want to hold on and continue to operate in that. The second thing, the second thing Revelation does is it releases our faith to believe for things that God wants to do. It releases faith. As we grow in wisdom, as we grow in revelation, we also grow in our faith to believe that God can do things that would have seemed impossible to us before. But now because revelation is flowing, because wisdom is being granted, because God is opening our eyes, because he's using us and showing us things, now our faith is built up. Listen, as, as we get used to hearing the voice of God and as we get used to sensing the prompting of the Holy Ghost inside of us, we begin to respond more rapidly. We, we, begin, to, we, we begin to say yes more quickly. Why? Because our faith is stronger. And then when that happens, we no longer argue with ourselves about, hey, is this what I'm sensing? Is this the Spirit of God or is this me? You know what I'm talking about. And listen, if we spend all of our time debating about whether or not what we're feeling is from the Lord or from ourselves, we're not going to get a whole lot done. It's paralysis by analysis. You know, who is this? Is this me? This this really good thing. Is that the devil telling me to do that? No. But the more comfortable, the more familiar that we get with the voice of God, the leading of the Holy Ghost, how he interacts with us, how he speaks to us, how he prompts us, and the more ready we're going to be able to take a step of faith. The third thing, the third thing about Revelation is it, it results in a greater anointing of the Spirit on your life. Would anybody like that tonight, a greater anointing of the Spirit? Amen. A.W. Tozer said this, God speaks to the person who listens. It's very simple, but so true. If you're not listening, he's not going to waste his time speaking. If you're not interested in the spirit of wisdom, if you're not, if you're not interested in the spirit of revelation, he's probably going to move on to somebody else. God speaks to the person who listens. So the question is, how do we cultivate this? How, 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 do, we, how do we make sure that this is flowing and operating in our life? How do we cultivate the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So let me give you four things, and this is the, the bulk of what I want to share with you tonight. Number one, if you want the spirit of wisdom and revelation operating in your life, you need to obey what you know. 
If you were here last Wednesday night, you're thinking, you know, is this a deja vu moment? You know, I, I talked about obedience last, last Wednesday. I talked about the blessing of obedience, but this ties right in tonight. Listen, I, I, I want you to know that the, the will of God, if, if you desire that, you, you want to know what, what God wants in your life, what God desires to do in your life, what your next step is, if you want to know that, then you've got to obey what you already know to do. Why would God talk to you about things that you don't know if you're not doing anything with what you do know? Why would he reveal new things if you're not obeying old things? So in order to grow in revelation, you've got to take care of the things that you already know. You see, church, we really don't have a knowledge problem. We have an obedience problem. If we would just obey what we know, just think of what that would lead to next. If we would just embrace the truth and the knowledge that we already have, we don't, we don't have a knowledge problem. It's an obedience problem. Listen, whatever you know to be doing, you need to get started doing it. Because clarity comes to the one who is busy doing the will of God. If you're stuck in neutral, you're just going to get confused. But clarity comes to those who are just actively doing the will of God. Here's what I want you to know. Obedience attracts revelation. When you're obeying the Lord, when you're walking in alignment with him, he's going to open new doors. He's going to show you new levels. He's going to reveal new things because the more willing and the more obedient you are, the more revelation you're going to have. We can see this principle clearly in Jesus' teaching about spiritual revelation. Matthew 13, 12, this is what Jesus said. He said, for whoever has, everybody says has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. So whoever has understanding, they're going to get more of it. But here's what he goes on to say. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. So you gotta, you got to get this tonight. Hearing from God is not a static thing. Being led by God, being prompted by God, it's not static. You're either growing in your ability to hear from the Lord or you're pulling back from him. It's not static. It's not stationary. And it all comes down to what you're doing about what you know. An obedient heart is good soil. Good things can come from an obedient heart. God, God, God wants to plant more seeds in that fertile ground of an obedient heart. Listen, and he expects a return, right? God expects a return on his, his investment. If you've not read the parables about that, go read them. He expects a return. So ask yourself this tonight. Are there things that God has spoken to your heart in the past? Are there things that God has asked you to do, and are you doing them? Even even right now as I'm speaking, you you could be thinking of something. Right, Right now, the Spirit of God could be whispering in your ear saying, hey, remember when I told you to do this? Remember when I prompted you to step out in that way? Remember when I dealt with you about getting involved in ministry instead of just sitting on the sideline? 
Remember when I, when I prompted you to serve on that particular dream team? Remember when I, when I was dealing with you about teaching Bible studies? Remember when I was, was talking to you about that idea for that, for that life group? Remember when I've dealt with you about being a giver? What are you doing with what you already know that God wants you to do? Maybe God's wanting to speak to you right now and say, do, do, you, do you remember when I prompted you to go to that person that you've got tension with and to initiate forgiveness between the two of you? Maybe the Spirit's wanting to speak and, and remind us that the, the Word of God we read just a minute ago said that that's what the Spirit of truth do. He would bring to our remembrance. There's things that he's spoken. There's truth that he's already revealed. What are we doing with it? This is what I believe, that when you take that step, when you embrace a life of obedience unto the Lord, you better watch out because more revelation's coming. More revelation's getting ready to flood into your life, but it starts by doing what you already know to do. Here's the second thing. Learn to meditate on God's word. You want revelation? You need to meditate on God's word. Joshua 1 and 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but it, you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God will help you if you'll think about his word. God, God will help you if you will focus on letting your mind be transformed by the word. Listen, meditation as it's referenced here, meditation in a, in a biblical sense, not in an Eastern mysticism, Eastern religion kind of sense. I'm not talking about emptying your mind. I, I'm not talking about getting to a place of neutrality or anything like that. I'm talking about, when I talk about meditation, biblically, biblical meditation, I'm talking about filling your mind. Filling your mind with God. Filling your mind with thoughts of God's word. That, that's what meditation is from a biblical standpoint. Maybe it's a verse that you read in your devotion time. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's something, a word that you heard in a message on, on Sunday or on a Wednesday night. My, my wife told me someone recently indicated to her or indicated in a life group that they were still being impacted by a message, by the message series, It's Not Time to Be Civilized from back in July. This person said, I'm, it's still working in me. So meditating on it, processing it, working through it, letting it have an effect, letting it have an impact, incorporating it into your life, living it out. Not just saying, oh, that was a good word. That's, that, that made me feel good. Oh, I like the way that sounded. Oh, I had never heard that before. That's new and novel. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you let, you let it get into your spirit. That you, that you let, it, let it become a part of the fabric of who you are. Letting, letting God speak through that word. Letting it fill your mind. And what happens when you do that is that you'll receive revelation to build your life upon. As Joshua said, consequently, you'll be prosperous and you'll be, you'll be successful. Why? Because you're meditating on the word of God. Psalm 77 and 6 says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. Anybody ever had a song in the night? Uh, I'm not talking about a literal night like when it gets dark. I'm talking about when it's dark in your life. But there's a song that sustains you. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's a promise that buoys you in that time. Hallelujah. That's what the psalmist is talking about here. I call to remember. It's my song in the night, and I meditate within my heart, and my spirit makes diligent search. So maybe it's a scripture, but maybe, maybe it's a song. Listen, speaking of songs, if you're always filling your mind with worldly lyrics, if that's all you're pumping into your eardrums, worldliness, ungodliness, don't be surprised when you're always thinking worldly thoughts. Don't be surprised when you're thinking, you know, why, why, am I, why am I going down this rabbit trail? Why am I thinking that? Why, why am I having these emotions? If you're always filling your ears, your, your mind with worldly thoughts, don't be surprised when you're having worldly feelings. There again, music is not static. Music is not neutral. It will have an impact on you. What you are hearing, what you are listening, what you are feasting on will have an impact. If you begin to feel desensitized from the Spirit, listen, one of, one of the quickest things you can do is take an inventory of what you're listening to. What's, what's, what's dominating your listening time? It desensitizes you. It separates you. But on the other hand, when you listen to music that glorifies God, when you listen to music that is inspired by the word of God that is derived from the scripture, those things begin to seep into your spirit. Those things begin to affect your outlook. Those things, listen, you can begin to think about God as you're singing that song or thinking about that song. And as you're thinking about it and as you're meditating on it, you know what? God can open your eyes and let you see and he can reveal something about his nature or his character or that situation that you're in right then and there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here's the third thing. I'm trying to move quick. Live by faith and not by sight. If you want to cultivate the spirit of wisdom and revelation, live by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is based on the invisible realm. You can't see it, right? But you believe it. You can't see it, but you believe it. And this is why we need to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here's the reason. It's because so much of what is happening in life, it's not visible by the physical eye. Really what, what we, you know, we're, we're like looking through that knot hole in the fence. That's about all we're seeing. But there's so many other things that are swirling around us and going, around, going, going on in the, in the supernatural and going on in the invisible. Hallelujah. That's why we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. We've got to understand there's another realm. There's another dimension. There's another world. Amen, and we've got to have God reveal those things to us for us to know because we can't see it. That, that's why this is so important. We need God to show us what's going on in the spirit, what's, what's going on in the invisible. And he delights in doing that. He wants us to do that. Listen, ignorance is not bliss when it comes to the invisible world. Oh, I'll just be happy doing, you know, just punching that clock and working my eight hours and coming home and eating and just doing, no, no, listen, there's all kind of stuff that's going on. You're being impacted by it, so you might as well be aware of it. 
I promise you, your family's being impacted by it. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 tells us, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Many times we think this passage is talking about heaven, but it's not. Here's what it says in verse number 10. But God has done what? He has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You can stay in the shallow areas if you want to, but there are some deep things that God is delighting to reveal and unfold and show you and illuminate. Come on, if you want it, you can go after it. Hallelujah. If you want it, he invites you to go after it. You can't see it with your physical eyes. You can't hear it with your physical ears. It hasn't even entered. You don't even know to think about it. But God, through his spirit, he leads us to know what we couldn't know without his inspiration. He leads us to understand what we can't humanly understand in order to experience the deep things, the deep things of God. So we live by faith not by sight. Don't let your, your life be, con, be confined by sight. Don't let your life be limited just by what you can see in the physical, in the natural. There's so much more. Faith begins in the invisible. Then it impacts the visible. Where it has its origin, faith has its origin in the invisible, but then it comes to fruition in the visible. Hebrews 11 and 1 puts it like this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things, what? Invisible. But you've got evidence. Oh, praise God. When we're walking by faith, we can't always see, church, where God's taken us. We can't always know what God is doing with us, but that's why we need what I'm talking and teaching about tonight, this spirit of revelation. We need that to give us certainty even when we can't see it physically. Finally, number four, musicians, if you'll come, become a friend of God. You want to know how to cultivate revelation? Become a friend of God. Jesus said this in John 15 and 15, no longer do I call you servants. Why? Because a servant does not know what his master's doing. Are, are you hearing what he's saying here? I don't want you to be in the dark. I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to not know what I'm up to. I don't call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what a master, his master's doing. There's no revelation that's being passed down from master to servant. But here's what he says, but I've called you friends. We're in relationship. We're in covenant together. We're in this thing together. And because of that, for all the things I heard from my father, what am I doing? I'm sharing it with you. 
Why? Because you're my friend. Because we're walking together. Because we're working together. Because we've got a relationship. Hallelujah. I want to I wanna send my spirit to teach you. I want to send my spirit to give, me, give understanding to you. I want to send my spirit to bring revelation to you. Why? Because we're friends and we're in relationship. And I want you to know what I'm doing. Hallelujah. That's so powerful to me right there. I said, that is so powerful. Listen, have you repented of your sins? Raise your hand. Come on, have you, have you been born again tonight? Hallelujah, you're no longer a servant. You need, you need to hear me tonight. I don't know how you've been looking at yourself. I don't know what your identity is right now. I don't know how you're describing yourself. But if you've been born again, you're no longer a servant. You're no longer a slave. He says, I've called you my friend. I've welcomed you into relationship. You've entered into covenant with me. And because of that, I want to make you aware of what I'm doing. I want to let you in on how I'm working. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 25 and 14 says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Who do you share secrets with? Your friends. God's got some secrets. And the secrets of the Lord are with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Church friendship with God is for God worshipers. Hallelujah. If you, if you want to be a friend of God, be a worshiper of God. If you want to be a friend of God, be a lover of God. Let me ask you tonight, are, are you a worshiper? I'm not talking about what you do here in this building. I'm not talking about what you do when you walk through these doors. I'm not talking about what you do at church, but I'm talking about what you do outside of church. Do you worship God out there? Do you worship God in your car? Do you worship God in your home? Do you worship God as you're going through your work day? Are there some times where you just get in the presence of the Lord for yourself? Are there any times where it's just you and him sharing in relationship? Because friendship with God is for God worshipers. And the friends of God, that's the ones he confides in. So God will give you a spirit of wisdom. He'll give you a spirit of revelation as you worship him. I wonder if we could stand to our feet right now and just do that for a moment. I'm going to say a couple other things, but can we just worship the Lord together? Oh, I want to be a friend of God. How about you? Oh, I want this spirit of wisdom and revelation working and operating in my life. If you do as well, why don't you, why don't you thank him? Why don't you thank him for inviting you into relationship tonight? Oh, I love you, Lord. I praise your holy name. Oh, I want to express my affection, my adoration, and my love to you. All the days of my life. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you no longer look at me as a servant, but you call me friend. You call me your friend. And as a friend, there's things you want to reveal. As a friend of yours, there's things that you want to share. There's illumination. There's understanding. There's gifts and operations of the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah, I want it, Lord. I want it, Lord. 
Church, I believe that God wants to reveal Himself to you. As individuals, God wants to reveal Himself to you. And when He does, it's more valuable, it's more powerful, it's more meaningful, it's more precious than anything else you could ever have. When God begins to open your eyes, when God begins to show you things and talk to you and prompt you and use you and quicken you, there's nothing like it in all the world. Maybe there's some of you tonight that need the the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation working in your home life. Can I tell you, God wants to give it to you. Maybe you need it in your marriage. Maybe you're dealing with situations and circumstances that you don't have answers to. They're leaving you baffled and overwhelmed. Listen, let me tell you tonight, you need God's wisdom. You need God's revelation. You need Him to show you some things so you can take the next step. But I want you to know you're not going to get it if you never give God a chance to speak. You're never going to hear his voice if all you're ever doing is talking. You got to let him speak to you. You got to let him prompt you. If you're waiting, I think we've done a disservice sometimes. If you're waiting on the audible voice of God, that, that's, that's really not what we see being forecast of of what we could expect but it's the still small voice it's the whisper it's the nudge it's the prompt hallelujah we need to learn how God speaks to us we need to learn how God operates in our life and we need to give him a chance to do exactly that So tonight as we close this service I wonder if we could take some time to allow the Lord to put his word in our hearts I spoke about the altar this past Sunday, about how this is a place that we come to let God alter us, right? But the altar is also a place where we get revelation. If you're stuck, you need to let the spirit of revelation begin to flow. If you're overwhelmed, you need to get in touch with the Spirit of God. You need to to remind the Lord, hey, I'm your friend, and I need you. I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. When you and I come into the presence of the Lord, there's something about that act of faith and saying, Lord, I need what only you can provide. And when we do that, that causes God to go into action. That causes God to begin to move. That causes God to begin to work. That causes God to begin to transform. Listen, just as Paul wanted the church at Ephesus to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that's my desire as the pastor of the Life Church that we would have this spirit tonight, that it would work in us and be resident and active in our lives. I invite you to come to the altar tonight. I invite you to come and pray. I invite you to come and open yourself. Come and open yourself. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, tlcdallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.